How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me slash growth. That's hbs.me slash growth. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, with two-man coverage of the red and gold, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Touchdown, Kareem Hunt! Touchdown, Tyree Kill! And touchdown, Charkandrick West. Sorry, West. Yeah, okay. You had a great <laughs> run, but yeah. Charkandrick's hard to chant, isn't it? Well, I can do it. Charkandrick West! But it's just, his run wasn't near as good as the rest of them. I'm sorry. You know, I'm happy he got a touchdown. Uh, but my fantasy team wishes that Hunt would have got that touchdown. So <laughs> I'm sure it does. But I'm being greedy. So anyway, welcome back to another episode of Locked On Chiefs. This is your episode for Friday. September the 8th, and this is your first episode of the year uh, with the Chiefs win. And, uh, yeah, who picked that one? Because I know I didn't. (laughs) I bet I know a couple of people, I'm pretty sure. Hey, I'm Ryan Tracy. And I'm Chris Clark, and that was a fantastic game to watch. I I do want to know, and I really want you guys to tweet at us and, you know, send us, call in on the call-in line. And, Ryan, what's that number again? It is 913-777-4457. Let us know what you think about this game. I'm going to go back and look and try to do some Snapchat review at some point in the near future. Uh, But I want to know who had Alex Smith going off for almost 400 yards and five touchdowns. Four touchdowns? Even I didn't think that was going to happen. (laughs) So, yeah, if anybody wants to pick that one, go ahead and let me know because, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, what what a way to do it, too, because I, I had them winning. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know I picked them to win, and Matt Derrick did as well. Um, and those are the only two people that I know of. It, it was a tough, tough thing to go in there and get a win in that stadium. Um, you know, and I had it a three-point game. I'm, I'm very impressed that not only were they able to get a win, but that in the fourth quarter especially, they closed it out and clamped down on those Patriots and were able to extend the lead. And that's a sign of a team that is not only uh, talented, but that is mature and is able to make that point, uh, especially given the night that they had had and, and some miscues, a rough first quarter. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's put it mildly. Uh, it was a very rough first quarter for Kansas City. It was a rough first half in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they lost the turnover battle. Let's be honest. Uh, they really could have been down earlier in this game. And, you know, I know we'll get to this in a little bit, but you know, that, that play, uh, that Terrence Mitchell had on Gronkowski in the end zone. I I don't think Mitchell got anything on the ball. Maybe he did, but if that's a caught touchdown, that completely changes the phase of this game. Uh, he doesn't catch that touchdown. Kansas city goes on to stop the Patriots on fourth and one, uh, and they would end up doing that twice in the game. 
and they would do it against the run, which they couldn't stop to save their lives last year. Now, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of bad things to talk about when it comes to the running game. They allowed three rushing touchdowns to Mike Gillisley. Uh, you don't want to see that. But at the same time, they were all short yardage, and most of them, from what I remember just off the top of my head, seemed to be the inside linebacker just not being able to get there. Uh, had the right read, but just wasn't able to get there in time. And I think that's something that maybe you will see that will change when Reggie Ragland is healthy. Yeah, and and that's why he's here. And I give uh, Rameek Wilson a ton of credit because he was instinctual. He rushed and got himself into the hole where he was supposed to be and did his job as the Mike linebacker. Yes, he got driven back, but this was a, a better Rameek Wilson than we saw all of 2016 by a long margin. Yeah, and it's going to be – it's going to happen because Reggie Ragland is just so much of a talented player. But Kansas City really does have depth at inside linebacker, and it's crazy. The league way had a fantastic special teams tackle uh, at one point, and it was, I believe it was in the fourth quarter uh, that I had to go back and watch a couple of times. Uh, just a great play by him. You know, this – was a full team victory. The only phase of the game that really struggled most of the night was special teams, which is kind of funny with Dave Tobe as their coach. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you this too, the Raglan thing, I was very encouraged. Obviously if anybody's listening or seen any of my tweets, I like to pick, I'd like to kind of my out of school. What I was really encouraged by is, uh, I think it was uh, Wednesday evening sometime, Rex Ryan came out and said that, you know, he was our best player in training camp in 2016 until he got hurt. Now that's saying something. And you know that in Bob Sutton's defense, you're going to run it very, very much like what Rex Ryan does. Maybe not exactly the same, but the same needs at Mike Backer. And this is a kid that is going to be able to compete for a starting role very quickly, in my opinion. And I think, like you said, now this position that had been weak coming in now looks like it has a ton of upside and just needs a year of maybe maturity to get there. Yeah, he needs a, a year of maturity, but he also is probably going to need some time to play in this defense and to get comfortable with DJ and, and the way that things go with that. I think he's going to be a fantastic addition, and I think he starts – late in the year. I think he ends up taking uh, Rameek Wilson's job just because I think he's that talented. And I think once he is fully back uh, from his knee injury, if he can get fully back this year, he will take that position. I agree. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Do you have the Patriots or the Steelers? Do you have Chicago or do you have Detroit? Well, let me tell you this. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why we always tell people to go to mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years, and their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses, so off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payouts. Seriously, just two business days. You know who's going to win, right? Lay down some cash and win big today. And that's why we're urging you to go check out MyBookie. You win, they pay. It's real simple. They have the best in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile site that makes it really easy on wagering on the go. Join now, and MyBookie will even match your first deposit 100%. Use the promo code LOCHIEFS to activate the offer. That's LOCHIEFS. Visit MyBookie AG today. You play, you win, you get paid. 
Now, for the rest of the game, uh, I know KPL got a snap in there at least one point. I pointed it out on Twitter. Uh, I didn't see a whole ton from him, but, you know, they were not the liability that we thought. Yes, the Patriots were able to move the ball on the ground. Uh, They scored the bulk of their points on the ground. I, I think this is the first time that anyone even thought the thoughts that, oh, my Lord, Alex Smith is way better in the quarterback rating for this particular game than Tom Brady was because even the points that the Patriots did score came on the ground. Yeah, and Tom Brady ended the night 16 for 36, so he ended up having less than 50% completion rate against a defense that is known to give up yards like crazy, and they were giving up yards like crazy in the first half. The Patriots had 200-some yards in the first half and ended the game with 352 so that means Kansas City shut it down in the second half, and most of the Patriots' yardage was one long pass play to Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and and that was a significant matchup problem, you know. And and we'll talk about uh, the secondary in general here in a minute, but uh, yeah, that being able to make halftime adjustments. I think was it was the key turning point in this game, and you have to give Bob Sutton credit for that. No, you absolutely do, and, and I know that we're talking about the game, but I have to jump back even further than before the game because around one thirty, uh, Arrowhead time, I'm sitting there. I just get back from lunch. I sit down. I'm eating, and I'm like, okay, what's going on in Chiefs Kingdom? So I hop on Twitter. And lo and behold, I see that the Chiefs have released C.J. Spiller and Jordan Debbie. And I my jaw about dropped. <laughs> um, I, I didn't expect them to go into this game, especially down two players, and they did. They went in there with only 51 players, and they came out with a victory. Uh, Andy Reid really coached uh, his one of his best games for Kansas City. So, uh, you know, it's going to... It's going to be very interesting to see how things go, uh, go moving forward. I, man, uh, and he's got you know ten days to get healthy and to get um, you know his guys ready ready to play the Eagles at home, and I think they're going to uh, have a very good game at home. So looking forward to that. I, I don't want to move ahead, obviously, but and the other side of the Spiller and Debbie thing, I think both of them will be back on the roster. If it's not tomorrow, it'll be by Monday or Tuesday of next week. Uh, both of them were cut so they could save the cap space, which you can say is, is harsh, but it's the reality of the NFL. And if you don't think that both those guys are going to be on your roster the whole year, you try to save your money. And that's what he's doing. Uh, you know, trying to get out of cap hell. Well, yeah. And you know, part of it is Jordan Devy was going to be inactive. So, uh, that wasn't much of an impact. You know, Spiller had Cream Hunt gotten hurt. Uh, you're looking at, at running with with the two receivers in, in Hill and Dat uh, behind Sharkandrick West as your bell cow, and, and that's that was a risk. And you know, I, I kept thinking that they were they were making some kind of move, um, which now I'm, I'm in retrospect we know what they saw and, and how confident they were in Kareem Hunt. So uh, there's another move that Brett Veach has to get in gear about, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I think it was a calculated risk. And I agree with you. I think they'll both be back on the roster on Monday. Well, and I think what you're going to see is that Spiller may not be as active as we thought he was going to be. Um, Kansas city has a lot of weapons on this offense. And one thing that we haven't touched on and I didn't touch on 
at all during the game and tweeting about, but how good did the offensive line look? Yeah, you know, there were a couple of lapses, a couple of penalties uh, that shouldn't, you know, obviously anytime you have a false start, that should not be something that happens. Um, right, but for the but- most part, I thought they were improved. I think Whitsman got overpowered a few times, and I think, like we've known all preseason, that he's the weak link of, of this starting five right now. Yeah, but even if, even with him being overpowered, let's be honest, you take that against the, the defending champions because you know that they're going to be throwing everything they can at him. It wasn't like he was a Mike McGlynn that just was a, you know, an Olay, an Olay type door to the quarterback. He was serviceable and he was even better than serviceable on most plays. Uh, so I'll be very interested to see how he grades out um, in the coming days. But, you know, overall, the offensive line played really well. And I hate badgering referees, but. He, you're going to sit here and tell me that Kansas City really had 13 penalties to the Patriots, four, and two of those were running into the kicker that probably should have got a first down for Kansas City in that series. You can't call it just one way because I saw, I don't know how many times I saw Benny Logan or Chris Jones just being grabbed in the backfield uh, going after Tom Brady and nothing was called. And I'm just sitting there, I'm going, how is that not a call? <laughs> how is that not a hold? Yeah, it's going to happen. Man, Kansas City really came to play tonight. I I just can't emphasize enough how awesome it was to see that team play the way they did and to watch Alex Smith do what he did Uh, because you know he felt the pressure after them drafting Mahomes. And if this is Alex that we get all season long, which I'll be honest, I'm not going to be surprised if it is because he knows he's got to play for his job and he's also playing for his next job. I agree completely, and, and I said it the day they drafted Mahomes that he's going to push Alex Smith to be the best Alex Smith we've ever seen. And I, when you look at the stat sheet, and obviously you know no one wants to scout off the stat sheet, but it's even more stark when you put the numbers in front of it. Alex Smith threw for 100 yards more than Tom Brady. One quarterback threw for four touchdowns, and the other didn't score a touchdown at all. And you would have thought that it was the reverse of what it was. And on top of that, Alex Smith threw for 148 passer rating while Tom Brady was at seven even, 70 even. That's a huge margin. Even if you told me that Alex Smith was going to outperform Brady tonight, I wouldn't have guessed it was close to that kind of performance. Yeah, and what do you say? I mean, it's Alex Smith and and he can't do these things. He had two passes. He had two touchdown passes over 75 yards tonight. Uh, He had... He had two touchdown passes over 75 yards in his entire career before tonight, and he doubled that tonight. Exactly. He doubled it to four. His shot, and let's be honest here, his throw to Tyreek Hill was on the money, uh, but his shot to Kareem Hunt was even more on the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a gorgeous throw that, you know, you look at, and I saw, I, I'm sure you saw it too, they go back and they were, they're playing it from Smith's point of view. And you see the linebackers, and you see Hunt's behind the linebackers, and there's nobody back there. I didn't expect him to throw If I didn't know he already threw it, I wouldn't have expected him to throw it. He took the shot. He hit him in stride, and Kareem Hunt was able to outlast him and get into the end zone. It was a great play. Uh, if Smith makes these types of plays all all year long, uh, Kansas City's going to be in great. Oh, you know what? I, w- I was incorrect. Um, sorry, Demetrius Harris. You got a touchdown earlier, too. <laughs> Um, 
Poor Demetrius Harris. By the way, that was a pretty gutsy throw too because there was at least two defenders that were keying on Harris there, and there was a third in the area. Uh, but he just boxed up his man and went and got the ball. I I think there are a lot of people in Chiefs Kingdom that really uh, need to apologize to Demetrius Harris because he's got a bad rap, and I think he's going to be a big piece for Kansas City going forward this season. I don't know that he's got a bad rap. He's got the rap that he deserved because he used to drop the ball a lot. I'll give him that he's made a lot of improvements in this offseason, but he, he got the rep that he deserved because of his performance on the field. Agree to disagree, and while we're doing that, why don't we just go ahead and throw it out there and start talking about Terrence Mitchell because I know there's a disagreement there. Oh, yeah, and I got a lot of heat, folks. Terrence Mitchell isn't ready to play. It's just that simple. He got beat up in the run game. He got beat up in the pass game. It's just, and and I'm not trying to say that Terrence Mitchell's a bad player, and I think some people, uh, some of my followers took it that way, and that's not my point. My point is the guy hasn't played all preseason. And this was basically his first action of the year. And I don't think he's a true number two corner to begin with, but he was sloppy and looked terrible in the first half. And, you know, Chris Collinsworth, you want to have a conversation, call me up. No problem. But what I was encouraged by is that late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, he started making plays. His coverage was better. He was not having to recover as much. Uh, I think he got at least two BBUs. I'll have to look at the official stat sheet, but I thought that was a good sign. I still think that this team needs a true number two corner, and I think it's a trade that Brett Veach should be searching out right now. We can agree to disagree on that one because I don't think that uh, they need to go out and find somebody. I think they'll be fine. Uh, If you look at getting past the Patriots, I think that by the time you get somebody – uh, by the time that Steven Nelson is able to come back, yeah, you're maybe going to miss him against the Oakland Raiders, but I think you still have enough on this team to beat them without a guy like Steven Nelson, uh, especially if you know Eric Murray shows that he can play anything like what I thought he looked pretty good tonight when he was playing. Um, you know, as far as Terrence Mitchell is concerned, yeah, he struggled a little bit and uh, he got uh, a pretty good stiff arm and and got posterized a little bit um, on that specific run play, but, you know, he came up big when they needed him the most, and I'm sorry, you know, some of the penalties that he got that he got called on him, I don't really see those as penalties near as much as there's a lot of hand fighting and you're calling it one way and not calling it the other. Yeah, and that's not that's not a bad argument. That's probably true. My, my only point is that if he's in better position, it doesn't become a hand fight. And so they can't call him for that. And that's where I'm coming from. I think he needs probably a week to get back in shape. And and I still think Steven Nelson is the better corner on this team. And I still think that Steven Nelson should be in the nickel and that there should be a true number two. But, you know, like you said, we'll agree to disagree. Also in the well, secondary, thing, we have to talk about Parker. Yeah, we do. And, and I guess let me finish this. My thing is on Terrence Mitchell. I do agree that Steven Nelson needs to be in the nickel. Uh, but I also think that Terrence Mitchell can be that other's that other corner, and he will play fine if he gets back in shape. Uh, and you're admitting that he's not fully in shape; he's not in game shape, and that's fine. And I don't think Chris Jones is either. He didn't have a great game tonight, uh, but you know we'll see what happens going forward. I don't think that there's anybody that you can really go and trade for uh, that's going to be worthwhile to go out and get right now, uh, especially when you have bigger such bigger fish to fry in the secondary with uh, trouble at safety. Yeah, yeah, and we need to talk about Eric Berry in a minute, but just before we do, super quiet guy, not much on social media, goes about his business really quietly. Ron Parker 
had a game tonight. He showed up. He he made plays when they needed him. He was the last line of defense. Ten tackles on the night. I'm sorry, 11. Ten of them solos. That's the kind of safety that Ron Parker showed up to be tonight, and they're going to need him even more with the situation with Eric Berry. Absolutely. And, you know, Eric Berry showed up tonight as well. Uh, not to take anything away from Ron Parker, but I've always thought Ron Parker was underappreciated on this team. Um, but yeah, he played a good game tonight. You know, it was good. It was good to see another young safety and Eric Murray get a lot of playing time. Uh, and then, you know, let's be honest, the Eric Berry injury is really going to hurt. Um, but Kansas City is lucky that they are kind of deep at the safety position. I'm not saying that they have a guy that can replace Barry because Barry's irreplaceable, but the the job he did on Gronkowski tonight was phenomenal. Yeah, he gave up uh, at least two passes, I thought, but uh, the coverage was tight. He was doing his job. <laughs> two passes on Gronkowski. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll give him those. Uh, it wasn't like it was every drive or every four or five passes. It, and Gronkowski got thrown at, what, six times? Something like that. And and the only reason I bring it up is because I see people commenting that, oh, Barry can't cover tight ends. It's like, wait, he gave up two passes. Against the best tight end in the league, and I'm sorry, Travis Kelsey, get your act together because you're not in that conversation until you can control yourself. I was very disappointed in what Travis Kelsey was able to do out there tonight. And I get that. Uh, I, I I can't deny that that was disappointing. I you know to me it looked like in what the replay didn't show was it looked like the guy had his knee in Travis Kelsey's face. Uh, inside the mask, and I think that's what set Kelsey off. But at the same time, you can't do what he did, and and I'm surprised the Patriots just didn't try to go after him even harder the next couple of series because if he gets one more penalty, he's tossed. And at that point in the game, uh, you, you can't afford that. Yeah. Uh, back on Eric Berry for a second, uh, just a, a photo in a, a report just now. Uh, he's leaving the stadium on crutches. Uh, looks like he's in a boot. Don't know the extent of the injury. I don't want to speculate. Um, I will tell you uh, that wait for the reports. Wait for the official MRI. Wait for the words to come out of Rick Bookholder's mouth before you make assumptions about where Eric Berry is health-wise with his leg. Um, that's all I'm going to say tonight at this point. The one thing I will say uh, is he couldn't be in a better locker room because you know Derek Johnson's got his ear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean even uh, even if it's not the same injury Derek Johnson has had has had, you know that Derek Johnson has got his ear. He's telling him, "You can be back. You can do. You know, you you've got this." And you know Barry really doesn't need that. Of all the people on this team to need it, he doesn't. Uh, but it's nice to know that Derek Johnson's going to be able to be there and help him through it, uh, regardless. Um, yeah, you hate to see something like that, but you know, the other side of that injury is he didn't get it any time in the preseason and you have to wonder if that really is what caused it. And I think that was the Achilles that was probably bothering him. Mm-hmm. So, you would have to think so. And the other thing that is a result of that is that Eric Murray has had that volume of snaps in this preseason, which allows him to step in and play. I mean, he was already getting a few snaps on the field before the injury, but now he, I mean, Eric Murray's in a position to take over for a while. Uh, hopefully it's a temporary injury that, that Barry can return from later in the season. Uh, but in the meantime, they're in decent shape 
with Murray back there trying to take his place. Well, and the nice thing is, is, well, maybe nice isn't the right word, but there is a guy out there that I think is going to be intriguing. And he got cut today from the Cleveland Browns team for punching his teammate. And while I don't really care for that type of attitude, uh, I really, if I'm Kansas City and I think Eric Berry is out for any length of time, I put in a waiver claim for Calvin Pryor. Uh, because you, you pick him up and you bring him into this roster. I can tell you right now, Justin Houston isn't having any of that freaking attitude. Uh, that Browns locker room is not anything like what Kansas City's locker room is. Justin Houston will not have that. Yeah. Neither will DJ. And, you know, there's going to be other guys too. So I think they could keep Calvin Pryor in check. And he's got a lot of talent coming out of college, and I think he's just been misused. And Kansas City's had a knack over the past couple of weeks of picking those kind of guys up for trades. So I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to put in a waiver claim, although I do think that somebody takes him before Kansas City gets a chance to. Well, and we'll find out. But I do agree with you, despite a couple of problems uh, and you know some up-and-down seasons uh, in New York. Uh, here's the thing. He played for Rex Ryan when he was drafted. Rex Ryan obviously has the connection with Bob Sutton. The defense is almost the same. Uh, This is, uh, again, just like with the Reggie Ragland situation, a place where Calvin, if he can get his attitude straightened and come into a strong locker room, like you said that the Chiefs have, the, the nuts and bolts of playing in this defense is right up his alley. And I think he's somebody that could provide a solid depth behind Murray in the event that Eric Berry's out for any extended time. Well, and you have to figure that Berry's going to be out for an extended amount of time. I don't know. I don't want to say it's going to be all season, but you have to figure coming in off crunches, he's going to be out at least a couple of weeks, if not more. Uh, I would love to be wrong. Um, I was proven wrong earlier tonight when uh, I said that I would have. Uh, okay, great example. Uh, Dustin Cole quit punting three plays in a row. I would have taken the second punt. Guess what? Dustin proved me wrong. That third punt was amazing. Uh, so I've been wrong before. I'm, I'm okay with that, and I would be happy to be wrong on this situation. But, you know, I, man, I just I, this game was just phenomenal. I really don't know what else to say. You look at what they did and, and how they did it, and, you know, especially with the way the game started, you just sat there and were like, man, this isn't going to be pretty. Yeah, it was. It started rough, like we said, and it did not look pretty. The adjustments they made worked. Uh, they stayed at it. They were able to get more pressure. I, the first thing that I noticed was, and this is, I'm going off of my notes here because watching a game is scribbling notes for me. <laughs> and the the pressure that the D line was able to get as soon as they came out for the second half was noticeably different than what they were getting in the first half. And I thought that was a, a big key to being able to move the pocket and force Brady into throwing before he wanted to. Yeah, and that was that was very impressive. They had to change it up, and that was one of the things that drove me batty in the first half is watching Sutton drop Justin Houston and D Ford and all those guys back into coverage, and you're just sitting there going, why are you playing into what Brady does best? You're giving him the time to throw. You're giving him the time to pick you apart. And as soon as they started rushing, they were more successful. Uh, so I'm glad that he ended up deciding that he needed to change it up and, and started attacking more because if he does that, this defense is going to be hard. And, and you saw it late in the game. 
you know, Alan Bailey played a great game for the most part. I, I don't know that I saw him out of position really. Uh, I will say I wasn't watching him specifically on all the plays, but you know, he was the guy that caused Tom Brady to get sacked and basically pushed his offensive lineman back into Tom Brady at the end of the game. And that's in the fourth quarter. That's impressive. Yeah, I, I can't I can't argue with any of that. You know, I thought I thought DJ didn't look a hundred percent to me. And I'm not sure what that means, if it's just that his heel's bothering him again. I know he's been up and down through training camp, but I wanted to bring that up, make sure I got that out there. Um, like we already covered, there's depth at this position now at the inside linebacker level, and I think that's, that's something that they may have to look at a little bit. Yeah, and he is he was maybe a little bit slower, uh, but it's one of those things that he's getting up there in age. And I think maybe you're starting to see a little bit of a decline and that stinks, but it is reality. It's especially somebody his age. And I'd love to be wrong on that too. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy. Maybe he's not feeling great, uh, but he did look a little different tonight. Uh, he looked a little step slow on a couple of different plays, uh, but he was still able to get things done for the most part. And he had a big pass breakup uh, in the end zone early in the game as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I even tweeted at the time, like he looked good out there by himself on an Island. He looked comfortable. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a bit of a mismatch for a guy who's a, a very good pass catcher. I think it was Burkhead that was out there. Yeah. Uh, it was Rance. It was, sorry. It was Lance Burkhead. And, you know, regardless of who it is, a linebacker on a running back, that's going to be a, matchup that you would expect the running back to win most of the time. And DJ held his own and he almost picked it. I mean, if he had hands, if he had better hands, which he's always had a little bit of trouble intercepting the ball. If he had a little bit better hands, he would have picked it. And he has a speed that he may have gone uh, quite a while on that, but you know, he still made the play and that's all that matters in the end. So, you know, hats off to Andy Reed, hats off to Alex Smith, hats off to Kareem Hunt. How do you start your rookie season with the first carry you fumble the ball and you put yourself and your team in a horrible, horrible, horrible hole playing in the national champions at their place and it looks like they're going to go up 14-0 and it just all turns around after the second half starts? Yeah, I mean, that's that's impressive mental fortitude from that rookie uh, you're young and you you have zero history of fumbling in college and you walk out in your first handoff, you cough up. Uh, that's very much an eye opening. Welcome to the NFL moment, but good for him for having the, the mental toughness to just put that aside and forget about it and take the next handoff and, and good for the, the chiefs for putting their faith right back in him from Reed and Smith and give him the next play as well. Yeah. And man, uh, to get him going immediately, and that's what I called for as soon as he was going back in. I said, "Get the get him the ball. He needs to run it. Uh, you know, he needs those touches, especially to get into a game groove and to get into. You know, he admitted before the game that this was a big game for him, and then he can't let it get to him. And then it kind of seemed like it did for a minute. And you know, give it to everybody on the sideline for the Kansas City. Everybody I saw kept going up to him and saying, "Don't worry about it, kid. Don't worry about it." You know, Eric Benemy was went up to him and was conciliatory. Conciliatory? He wasn't Conciliary. in his face. He was just the Godfather. Something. 
No, not not consigliere. Thank you. Uh, he was giving him consolation. How's that? Ah, gotcha. Smart, smart ass. <laughs> um, but you know, Eric. Eric yeah, well, yeah. Eric Bieniemy is really a guy that usually goes off on players for making mistakes, but he didn't do that with Hunt, uh, especially on that play. And you know, it obviously worked really well. Hunt came out and set a rookie or set a record for most yards in his debut uh, in NFL record, 240 yards, I think, 246, something like that. And, oh, you know, three touchdowns, no big deal. Yeah. I mean, one game down, rookie record, that's that that's pretty cool. Uh, not to mention the most points scored against New England at home ever, ever. That's significant as well. Yeah, and and most yards given up by New England. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot here that was significant from top to bottom, starting poorly, recovering all the guys who put up performances. But you know, before we sign off, let's let's nail it down. Let's give out a game ball, maybe on each side of of the ball if you like, um, and and I'll start. I think on offense, as many impressive performances as we saw, I, I, my game ball has to go to Alex Smith because he kept it all together. He took stabs. He looks like the next evolution of Alex Smith rather than the same old, same old. I can't argue with that, although I will say Alex Smith looked like his preseason self more than his regular season self. <laughs> um, and I hate making that distinction, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. Alex Smith during the preseason has always seemed to be the guy that would take more chances because he knew it really didn't matter. It's more about practice and it's more about getting things going. Uh, tonight he didn't look like that guy. Uh, there was a time early in the game where he did look like he was going to be very timid and he slipped and fell on a big third down. Uh, and people were just starting to you know call for Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm sitting there going, you know, Alex Smith hasn't played bad uh, at that point. He hadn't played great, but he hadn't played bad. And I'm just like, this is going to be a long season if this is going to start now. Uh, you know, as far as game ball is concerned, I got to give it to the rookie. Uh, you know, Kareem Hunt played his butt off. Um, 240 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, coming back from having that fumble, I, I can't give it to anybody else. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I mean, he... Definitely earned that recognition. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a number of of options. Uh, I thought I was really happy to see Justin Houston come on in the second half. I think he finished with four QB pressures. No, I'm sorry, six QB pressures. Um, but personally, I think the guy who kept the glue in that defense and kept them from getting too discombobulated early uh, and risk falling apart was Ron Parker, and, and he is my game ball for game one on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, my game ball is going to Eric Berry. Um, and it's not because he got injured late. It was because of the job he did on Gronkowski all night long. Uh, Gronkowski looked like he was not a, uh otherworldly type tight end, um, and it was Eric Berry that was doing it to him. It wasn't – I didn't see – Gronk had doubled very often, uh, but they sure seem to double Kelsey all the time. Uh, so I got to give it to Eric Berry, and Eric Berry was the reason that Kansas City got that fourth and one stop in, I think it was the first quarter, because it was right after Hunt's fumble. Uh, he, great, 
great job reading the run and just stuffed it. And it was phenomenal to see. And, and, you know, I hope that's not the last we see him this year because he is such a great player and he means so much to this team. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, a gutty performance as well. Um, folks, that's it for us. It's late. I You're hope not going to guys- give out one out on special teams? No, you are. Go ahead. Oh, no, I know. I was talking about that. the special teamers. I'm sorry. I, I know you do. Um, now, I would love to say DeAnthony Thomas, but he didn't look great returning kicks tonight, although I don't think he got great help from his kick coverage or kick return team either. Um, you know, people were asking me, why does Thomas keep bringing it out? That's Dave Tobe. Yeah. Go. Dave Tobe is, uh, yeah, I mean, he's drilled into these guys. He doesn't want them taking knees. And I honestly, I can't say I blame him. I mean, Kansas City, you know, honestly, if you look at what they did last year, they had one 90-yard drive last year. They had three of them tonight. I'm not saying that gives you more reason to go, but my point is is that if you attack all the time like Dave Tobe wants you to attack, you're going to break some. But if you start taking knees a lot, you're going to give up those big plays. You can take a couple where you just flip field position, and that's okay. But they're going to go, and, and I think they'll be fine going on or going down the road. I, I'm really surprised they struggled as much as they did returning kicks against a Matthew slater Patriots special teams unit. Yeah, and that's a fair point. And I'll tell you, one guy who did stand out to me um, on kick coverage, uh, especially punt coverage, I saw J.U. Chesson in a lot of – receivers' faces as they were trying to make fair catches. And I thought that was a very good sign for the special teams unit. Yeah, I was really impressed with what I saw from Chesson. I really liked seeing him out there on those coverages. I saw Dad out there several times as well. And, you know, that penalty he got called for, that's (laughs) – and of all the people to get that penalty called on him, I really hated seeing that for Dad because he tries so hard. And I think he partially got blocked into the guy, but whatever – it's in the past. It doesn't matter. Kansas City won. Move on to the next game. Uh, but my game ball would probably go to Jehu Chesson or uh, maybe even Dustin Colquitt because you think about what he went through in a three-play series, getting hit twice uh, and getting hit hard twice. Yeah. Uh, that is not an easy thing to do, to kick the ball and have your entire body up in the air and have no control over how you're coming down. Um. And then to have the best of the three punts and just boom the ball the next punt, uh, that was a phenomenal play by him. And he wasn't punting very well uh, throughout the rest of the night. So congrats on that. Thank you very much for listening. And enjoy your weekend without Chiefs football for one more weekend, um, unfortunately. But I think we can all get past it because guess what? Kansas City's 1-0. Pretty much nobody gave him the chance to beat the Patriots. Uh, especially none of the TV analysts I saw or PFF or uh, other places as well. Yeah, pretty much anybody. Yeah. Oh, and uh, CBS Sports, thank you for uh, Jason Lockenfora Lock and, and uh, Pete Prisco picking the Chiefs to be the worst team in the AFC West this year. Sure, those Chiefs that are in first place in the AFC West as of tonight. And beat the new and beat the, the current reigning NFL champions in their home by scoring the most points on them and beating them uh, at their own game, throwing the ball down their throats. There you go. Oh, 
Thank you for listening, folks. Have yourself a nice weekend. Uh, we might have a special edition if we get some actual news about Eric Berry. Uh, until then, look for us on. We'll have an early release on Sunday evening for Monday's show. Uh, enjoy this win. Soak it up. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Chiefs podcast. While you're out there, give us a rating or review. And reach out to us on Twitter, at Ryan Tracy NFL and at Chris Clark NFL. We'll talk to you next time.